I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. The first person I let in on my little secret was a six-year-old kid. I'm going to be six years old again. Welcome to this one. Can talk about anything. Part two of my chat with the sensational uh, Brad Dorff. So I opened the show with um, one of my favorite Chucky scenes because the idea of being six years old again is really exciting to me. I don't know how Chucky feels about it, but I may or may not have asked Brad. So you might have to listen to find out, or you you will have to listen to find out. Um, the interview does lack, you know, the theme of Chucky and talking about about Chucky. And the reason for that is that I wanted to learn from Brad, and I also wanted to get to know Brad, the human being, not the actor. And I wanted you guys as his fans to also learn more about Brad, the human being, and not just Brad, the actor, and also to get to know like his acting style and and um, how he preps for roles and things like that. There is a lot of insight um, in this part of the interview, a lot, a lot to learn from Brad, especially if you're, you know, an aspiring actor or like me, an in-between jobs actor, um, you can learn so much from him. If you haven't already listened to part one, I highly recommend that you listen to part one first um, because I am just going to pick up right from where we ended, which was, I think we were talking about, um, how I would like to populate the world with all men who were like Brad and my and my grandfather. So yeah, make sure you check out part one before you listen to part two, and it will all make much more sense. Um, yeah, you can listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. And I highly recommend that you do listen to it on an app and not on the host website. So if you're listening to this on the host website right now, click out and go to my Twitter, a blonde who talks, A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S and pick a streaming platform. Um, if it's uh, iTunes, leave a review. Um, and I think you can subscribe on all of them. So please, please do that. And without further ado, and by that, I mean, I'm going to stop rambling. I give you the second part of my conversation with Brad Dorif. There's a very famous poem and it's called Grandpa Doesn't Care. It's not that he doesn't care. It's just that everything that the kid does, she's spilling stuff on his pants and the tackle box is all screwed up, but he doesn't care. And I said, Every child deserves a dad who cares and a grandpa who just doesn't because he cares. He loves you so much that nothing you can do is ever wrong. But I think that you as a father might have been that way because I just I just get that vibe from you. No, no I'm wrong. Definitely, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely um, you know, tried to be, you know, you can't let a kid do whatever they want. You know? No, it's not whatever they want. It was he had taught me well enough that. When I went to high school, I had no interest in sex, drugs, drinking, and all of that because I didn't, I didn't want it. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter. Well, um, no, my kids, uh, I, I came <laughs> from entire, I had difficult, my kids had a difficult time and, and um, the family kind of really fell apart several times. So it was, we had, a, we had a tough time. Well, I we can were, certainly understand that because my, my dad left many times before finally stage left and I don't care. <laughs> But your daughter, she ended up, you know, being a lot like you, one of them, 
Fiona is the only one that I've seen uh, her work. Yeah. I love it. I love her work. It, uh, even in, I don't even like Chucky and I'll watch it because I think she's, she's great. Um, and you are uh, now a grandfather. Oh yeah. Do you love it? Do you love um, it? No, um, Caden's uh, pretty much grown up at this point. When he was younger, you know, we'd play and do all kinds of things. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I love kids. Would you have um, gone to daycare with him if he'd asked? Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, you know how many people that you just made my whole heart explode. Do you know how many people have told me that that was not normal? That my grandpa was some sort of idiot for coming there with me and and like well, a myself, you know when my mom. You know, when I couldn't handle, you know, going to kindergarten, my mom had to, had to, uh, they had to call her back, you know, oh. and she had, you know, cause I was just absolutely beside myself, terrified, you know, I um, was, you had siblings though, right? Yeah. That's, 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 I was an only child. So it was just me. And yeah. uh, it's kind of all he had now cause his kids were grown up and, um, my mom had to work. So I was, he, I, I was there. And instead of sticking me, you know, in front of a TV set, like a lot of people do today, he just really think he was this man who wanted to either act in films or write them. And he never got the opportunity to do it because he went to war at, you know, 16. And then, and then he went on to have a family. So he never got to dream. And I think he projected them on me and I just kind of absorbed them all. Maybe. I don't know. And I don't know if that's. Which war? Pardon me? Oh, Korea. He went to Korea. Okay. And every year, you know, on Memorial Day, my grandpa was, was shot in war and they sent him home because he was a casualty. Now he was shot in the knee. And yeah. every year I think about, did that guy who shot him get home? I hope so, because he sent him home to me, sent him home so that my mom could exist and so I could be here. And a lot of people don't think that way about war. They're like, oh, I don't know how. And the weird thing is he didn't have any sort of like PTSD from it or anything. Like, I think he was, pardon me. I said, I doubt that. I think he felt it, but I think he found a way to. Um, he may have found grateful. a way to do it, but I, I, I don't know how somebody could have gone through the Korean War. Because a lot of people were very messed up over that. He told me that he, you know, carried many of his friends back dead and he would try and save them. And he just. To me, he was a superhero, which is sort of why when he passed, I didn't think he could. I thought everybody else can die, but not him because he's Superman. And that's why I attach myself to characters who are a little bit broken because maybe they loved something just a little bit, what some people would say is too much. And you bring that, I think even you have even humanized Chucky in some way. Do you feel that way at all? Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho <laughs> You know, of course I, I try to have a connection to Chucky. I mean, I know what he's afraid of, and, and I know what I like about him. What do you like about him? He loves his job. <laughs> I love, my favorite line from any Chucky is, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I'm going to be six, year old, six years old again. That is, to me, so funny. And that's, I think that's from the first one. Um, 
that's so funny to me because if I could be six years old again, I think I would be excited. And Chucky seems almost disappointed. Do you feel he was disappointed that he had to be six years old if he wanted to be human? Chucky? Yeah. No, Chucky. No, um, Chucky was um, terrified of oblivion. Like, what's it like to be play the villain all the time? And do you ever feel like you want to play the guy next door who's like your best friend? I don't do bad guys anymore. You don't do what? Sorry, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped. I've had it. You know, (laughs) it can be. It's just that you know, um, you know, carrying all those circumstances, you know, in your mind. um, You know, you lose your your shock absorbers after a while, um, particularly my age, and stuff just gets stuck inside you and, and I don't like it. So I'm really kind of semi-retired, um, you know, because basically people think of me as the bad guy. Um, so I don't, I don't do that much. Chucky is, is um, I, I, I do because that's like family at this point. Yeah. And apparently I, I am Chucky. So I guess we must be related. Um, I actually don't see you as a bad guy. I, I have. Oh, I don't either. But, but the, the, um, the Adam Rain character, what I see when I look at him, he's a bad guy, but he's not. He's like a child up here who wants to bring his dad back. And he thinks that if he puts on this play properly, he can change the circumstance. He's not killing because he's a bad person. He's killing because he doesn't want people to know that he, he's doing this. And he thinks if he does it, he's going to bring his dad back. And all I saw, first of all, Brad, you have very kind eyes, very blue, very kind eyes. That to me is never somebody that I can see as a bad guy. But in Chucky, we don't see you. We just hear you. So it's not the same. I can kind of disconnect it. But my friend was talking um, particularly about the the Lord of the Rings. He really liked that. I don't know if you loved it as much as he did. He actually thought you were British. And I think that that's more like a dialect. You did dialect coaching, correct? Yeah, we all did. How how difficult is that? I haven't had to do it. We had classes with this one guy and we we were given... um, you know, I did straight received pronunciation and other people did different variants depending upon where they were from. Um, so that, um, so that, you know, people could, they had one more way of saying this, these people were from the Shire and these people were from, you know. Is there a character that you would like to play that you've seen before in, an, in, in like a, something that you've watched that you thought, oh, I wish I could have played that character. Is there, is there someone like that for you? Uh, not that I can think of at the moment. Um, I, uh, St. Francis. Yeah. When I was young, I, I, I wanted to play St. Francis. I, I've never seen that done very well. Um, well, I think you could do it probably. No, I mean, I'm it, too old. I'm too old. St. Francis, well, Francis was very young when he died. 
Today, actually, don't please don't call yourself old because today Mandy Patinkin revealed that he would like to become an action star because his son Gideon drew a picture of him as an action star when he was a kid. And Mandy feels he has not made his son's dream come true. And he's over on Instagram saying, if anybody from Mission Impossible wants to hire me, please call. And he's like, this is my phone number. And his son cut it up so you didn't hear the phone number. I think, but, I think Mandy's, I think, man, I mean, um, I remember. Uh, uh, Scott Wilson um, was talking about parts that he said, I, you know, I want to, I'm tired of doing all this hard stuff. I want to do one of these, one of these action figures. that's actor proof, you know, that you just can't mess up because, you know, anybody could do it. Um, yeah. I don't know how serious Mandy is. about. That. Oh, I think he's serious because he was his and his wife is, I don't know if you know his wife, but she is. I love Catherine Gordy. What a woman. She is just something else. And she's like, I don't want to be in movies. I just want to be in a play and serve tea to Maggie Smith. <laughs> like, you are so funny. And I had a shirt that said, when I met Mandy, that said, I'm thinking Patinkin. And I had a face on it. And he was like, I need one of these for my wife. So I actually sent him one. And he thought it was just hysterical that I, that I did that. And I think that's why he sort of stayed in touch with me because he could see that I didn't look at him like this big movie star guy. I just looked at him as somebody that like I, I studied and I don't know why I'm drawn to men. I like to watch the performances of men. And it's weird because people are, you know, feminism is so prevalent now. And people say to me, you're a woman. Yeah, I know I'm a girl, but I don't feel and I've never been made to feel like I was less than a man. So I very silly, um, did a, a master class with, uh, was with Kevin Spacey. I know he's sort of a disgraced, but I had did that after. Actor. Wonderful actor, but I had an actress, an acting teacher that I went, I first, you know, my first acting teacher ever. And she was very mean. And she was, I think, bitter that she could only play police officers and doctors. And she kept trying to get me to do that. And it just wasn't working. And I, I said, I'm going to go do this class with Kevin Spacey. And I did it. And I walked in and Kevin pulled so much more out of me than I thought was in there. And he said, I want you to go home and pick any monologue you want. And when you come back, I'm, you're going to do it five different ways. And then I want you to do it again and sit on your hands. <laughs> so I said, OK, I'm going to go and I'm going to do Walter White. And I did it. And he, when it was done, he looked at me and he said, why on God's green earth did you pick that? And I said, because I thought that I could. And he said, you can. And I said, is there something wrong with it? And he said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just everybody's seen him do it. So they're not going to, if you walk into an audition room with this, they're not going to cast you. But the point wasn't that I wanted to take this Walter White into a, into a casting room. I just wanted to see if he would, if he, if I could do it and if he would believe me. And he just thought it was an interesting choice to choose to, to, to play a man's character. I would love to play a character someday that is akin to Adam Rain. I just really love this character. I don't know what you did to me with that thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought that the, uh, that the dancing scene was one of the weirdly most beautiful horror scenes I've ever seen. Um, and, and that was directing. I mean, that was just because of the choice of it. You Matthew know, Gray Gubler. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, 
and uh, um, yeah, I was really, um, yeah, I was really, um, he really wanted to do that. And he was very into that, that thing. And he put his whole heart into it. Um, and I thought it was an interesting, interesting character because um, he was in a way an innocent. Right. And, um, and um, you know, he's, I, I guess that's possible. You know, I, uh, um, I mean, I, you know, insanity is really not like that. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I mean, insanity is really messy and, um, and um, awful. It never looks good, but um, I mean, what it does show that, and what I guess is important is that, is that chemistry, brain chemistry, and what goes on in a person's brain can, can really um, almost not be that person's fault. I mean, I know we can't look at it that way as a, as a culture, uh, you know, cause we, you have to have a, have a, 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 you have to have laws, you know, and um, they, ha- they are really more important than an individual in a way. But, um, but the truth of it is, is people mainly can't help who they are. Right. You know? Sort of like how I can't help that I'm this weird person. <laughs> Um, it's interesting, but I, you know what, if you helped who you were, so many lives would be different. You don't, I I think that even I have chosen this industry because I hope that someday somebody's going to look at me and go, well, I can do that. Or, you know, I'm, I understand her and I feel, you feel sort of less alone when you, when there are people that you can look at and you feel like, you know, them, I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, I've always felt like because I chose this, these people were sort of my, my family in a way, like, you know, um, when Conchata Farrell died, I felt that loss, even though we've never met, because she touched me with her performances, with who she was. And let's like, again, I'm going to repeat the Adam Rain line, the, 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 the truth is what the, the storyteller brings you. It shines a light on who you are, what you are, and what what you can't be. And, and sometimes I think you have taught me this. Sometimes what you can't be is the best thing for you. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I can't be Julia Roberts, but Julia Roberts can't be me. So balances itself out. Look, um, storytelling is not a, um, is not, a, you can't just get it get down and say, this is what it means. It's not a discussion about meaning. It's, it's a, um, it's a, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a ride through some specific um, uh, bend, somebody with a little bit of a bend that's, that's different and, and unique and interesting and, and catches your attention. So you ride through and then you experience whatever this thing is, is really about. You can't be told you, you know, it's stories are, are, are important because it's not telling people something. It's not a philosophical discussion. It's, um, it's an experience. 
You know, it's it's something that that people have to go through, and everybody's particular bend or their 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 craziness or you know what makes them unique becomes very important to to people actually experiencing something. Was there ever a time that you questioned whether or not you would be successful? I had a very odd relationship with that. Um, a really odd relationship with that. Um, I, I mean, I had a couple of experiences where, um, for some weird reason, I thought I was going to make it long before I did. Um, I, and there was like no doubt in my mind about it. Um, I, I won't go into what they were because they're, you know, they're, you know, they're personal and a little too weird, but, um, <laughs> But um, it just, and I shouldn't have known from that, known that from, from those experiences, but I kind of did. And, um, and um, you know, lo and behold, I got lucky. Well, you, I think it's interesting that you discuss luck because Brian has drilled so much in my head that luck doesn't exist and we just have to keep working really hard. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, luck is like, luck is the roll of the dice. I mean, but, but the more you roll it, the better chance you have, you know, if you're always there, you know, then they can't miss you. Sooner or later, something's going to happen. You know, if you're unique enough and you, and if you work hard enough and, um, and you're honest enough and, um, you care enough and, um, you don't fuck it up all the time, (laughs) you know, um, you know, and you know, eventually something will happen but um you know i mean you know i don't know that for sure i mean i'm sure there are people who were wonderful and should have really made it and who never did um but um i know a lot of people who made it who shouldn't have you know who i don't think are very good you know uh, i'm you know most of people who make it are you know good at least in terms of reality they there's something that's very real about their performances, but, um, but that's it. I wonder, do, do you think I'm unique enough <laughs> in your opinion? I've never seen you work, but I'm, you no, I mean, the way I look, <laughs> the way you look is fine. I mean, you Thank know, you. I have no problem with the way you look. I Thank mean, you. I don't, I mean, I think you, you know, you look uh, unique enough and, and not, you know, you are who you are. Yeah, and I at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't want hiding. to be anybody else. Part of me. You're not hiding. I'm not hiding who I am. No, I don't know how. <laughs> it's, it's, I've been sticking out like a sore thumb since I'm a kid, and just it is what it is. You know, like some people have described you as being like strange looking, but I don't think you look strange. It's it's so subjective. Like you've said before that being a character actor is an in, a very insecure job because. I guess it's, you know, you're, when you're considered a character actor, you're not considered a leading man, but someone, and maybe you don't agree, but somebody who I think is, he, he plays character actor, but John Goodman has everything it takes to be a leading man, in my opinion. John Goodman is a leading man. He doesn't play leading men. He always plays, you know. The, well, that's the, because, the, he, you know, because, because they don't write that the way he looks in leading characters. And, you know, so he, he really... He really can't, but no, he's a leading man. 
I agree. He's a leading man. He's a, he's a real, he's a real movie star for um, no, no question about that. But you are too. And you're both so different. Do you, do you not feel that you're like a, a star or you just think you're an actor? Cause they're different things. I think I'm an actor. You think you're an actor? I think yeah. there are a lot of people out there who look at you and think that you are something to, to, you know, strive to be. And, and I'm, I certainly, if, if I can have a career half as, excuse me, I just hit the mic half as beautiful as yours, then I think that that would, you know, I would, I would have accomplished something. Um, I'm just, look, I, at- I mean, let me, let me tell you something. I, you know, um, when Fiona was born, I saw her, you know, um, just after she was born. And I just, I looked at her and I said, you know what? I get it now. I'm a whore. And um, basically, you know, from that point on, you know, being someone who made money was the most important thing in my life because, because, and it took what presence over everything, because that's how, you know, I fed the family. So, um, I mean, basically I was out there spent, spent a great deal of most of my life as an actor, um, just trying to make money. Um, I mean, you know, if there was something I really, you know, I felt like, I just didn't know how I could bring myself to the set. Um, then I didn't do it, but they were funny that you say that because (laughs) I've actually heard Brando say that he many times wanted to quit acting because he didn't like it anymore and he just couldn't turn down the paycheck. And I, I don't, I don't know why he would do that because I assume he must've made much more money than I've ever even considered. Um, well, he did. He made a lot of money. Um, way but he gave money. a lot away too. What? He, was, he gave a lot of money away too, because he was always trying to fix everything for the world. And that was maybe um, his downfall in, in a lot of ways, because when Marlon Brando gained weight, the world decided that Marlon Brando was some sort of freak show. And I don't think that's true. That's me. Um, from an actor's perspective, I wanted to ask, um, I mean, you've said it about, you know, about Marshall Mason and everything about him as a director, but what do you look for in like, when you're, when you're picking roles, what is the thing that you think that that's most important quality that, a director like say Matthew Gray Gubler would need to have to make it all work because Matthew is, he directs, but it's, he's more an actor than a director. First of all, the quality that you most look for is that the director is going to hire you. I mean, that's, that's, that's the first and foremost. Otherwise the whole thing is a useless exercise. Um, I mean, you're really stuck with the director. You know, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not something, I mean, they're in control and um, they do what they do. Um, sometimes you have to survive them. Sometimes uh, actors, um, directors are, are very strong, but you have to really, um, you have to make sure, doubly sure that you do your own homework. Um, that you come with something because they're not always right. And they didn't hire you to do what they said. They're hired, you know, they hired you to play a role. And, um, and yeah, you want to make it in their vision and you want, you want, um, you want to be 
you want to understand what they need you to do. Um, but um, you need to make sure that you actually do what they need you to do and not what, and if they're way wrong and it's not what they really need you to do, then you need to know that. Um, um, you're not there to be, um, you know, to be nice or to be, um, to be anything other than um, you're paid to do the role. Right. Um, that doesn't mean the director, I mean, I, you know, then as saying that, you know, I do, I try to do what the director tells me to do for everything I'm worth. I try to do that. Have you ever corrected or tried to correct a director? No, I don't correct directors. I just do. I just really figure out, I try to figure out what they need and, 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 and what they're getting at and what their vision is. And then I try to fulfill that. Um, and I, you know, if a director is being destructive, I try to ignore them and just do, you know, I mean, you're in control more than the director is because once they say action, you know, what are they, they can't, they can't talk to you anymore. They can't say anything and you're ignoring them anyway. You know? Um, I love that you said it that way. Yeah. Um, you, because you're doing, you're doing, you're doing the part. I mean, I, I get, I try to really get what a director's up to. That's all I can tell you. Um, but I'm, I'm responsible for the part, not the director is not. See, I, not I'm very open to direction because I'm not in a position where I can ever tell a director that what I think they're doing is wrong, but I don't walk up to a director and say, excuse me, but you're quite wrong about this. So listen, listen, when it's not working, essentially everybody's on the same page about it. It's not working, you know? And, and, um, you know, then at that point, it is appropriate to say, why Hey, can I try this? You know, that's, so it that's, is. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's absolutely, everybody does that. Um, well, no, not everybody, but I mean, you know, and a lot of good things happen at that out of desperation. Somebody thinks of something that's so, you know, off the wall, it actually is, is brilliant. <laughs> I'm just going to end what I am officially calling Brad Dourif's masterclass there because people these days have such short attention spans that I feel like if it goes any longer, you're just going to check out and you're going to miss something. So surprise, um, there's going to be a part three to this little chat that I had with Brad Dourif. The next one will be a bit shorter, but we'll be talking about things like things that he studied or wish that he'd studied, roles that he turned down, roles that you think he didn't get, but actually turned down a lot of really cool stuff. Of course, I put some Chucky in here for you guys because I know how much you love Chucky. Um, and, and I'll probably, you know, there'll probably be a little bit of Chucky in next week's episode as well. So thank you for um, for tuning in to This Blonde Can Talk About Anything, episode 28. Uh, this Blonde Can Talk About Anything with Anyone, episode seven. And two of those are with Brad Dourif, which I'm like insanely proud of for some reason. Um, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. As always, this episode was brought to you by Tom Brady and the TB12 Method. Unofficially sponsored, of course. <laughs> um, if you guys don't mind, my friend, 
Tom, you know him better as Baron Corbin, is pretty broke. So you should probably go check out his Etsy shop. <laughs> ignorant gentleman, ignorant underscore gentlemen um pick up some coffee i've heard from some pretty cool people that it's pretty awesome um this show was officially brought to you by michael selberg family wines amazing wine like it's obviously amazing they use it at all the like a major award shows so if you're in the u.s check it out if you're outside the u.s you can't check it out just save up all your wine money and make sure you take a trip over to the states so that you can try it out um, my name is melanie with two l's you can find me on twitter at a blonde who talks a b l o n d e w h o t a l k s and before i get an all caps very angry text message that i didn't say hello to someone hi bobby <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's all I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you'll come back next week. And I'm just going to leave you with this. Close your eyes and count to seven. When you wake, you'll be in heaven. <laughs>